0: To uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So, thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you are all having a brilliant day so far. Oh boy. You know, I love this human. You know, I love this human so dearly. I'm so grateful to be bringing back the dearest, most lovely Miss Gina Warfel. So, Gina is my lover. She's my best friend and one of the most intuitive and brilliant human beings I have had the pleasure of having on the show. You know, what I love most about Gina is just her raw authenticity, vulnerability, and the deep soul level connection she has to her work and what she's here to help others experience in the world and you know this conversation was so deep it's probably one of the most vulnerable conversations I've ever had on the show about what brought us into the work the rock bottom experiences and moments that woke us up to the courage to truly ask ourselves some bigger questions in life and i hope this episode inspires you i hope this you know i hope this episode shows you what's possible when we begin to unravel the stories and the conditions and the noise that just exists unconsciously in our systems that's creating stress, that's creating fractured relationships, that's creating a reality that doesn't have to be so, not difficult, but noisy. You know, I think we've normalized sickness as a society. We've normalized having inner critics. We've normalized gaining weight after certain life experiences. We've normalized the role that stress plays in in our day-to-day existence. And I just don't feel like I don't believe that what we're experiencing today in life is normal. I don't believe that our fight or flight systems are supposed to be this riled up. I don't believe we're supposed to be getting into conflict with others and our loved ones. I believe that relationships are supposed to get better and better and better over time, not, not the other way around. And in this episode, we talk a lot about you know, the journey of where we were at and, and the rock bottom experiences. I mean, just the rock bottom moments that truly actually woke us up to realizing there had to be more in life. And we teach everything we've learned. We show up in this conversation with presence, love, gratitude, connection, and truly actually of service. So I hope it finds you well. I hope this episode inspires you to ask yourself bigger questions, to lean into the discomfort, to, begin unraveling all of the bullshit that's holding you back. And um, we love you. We love you guys so, 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 so much. And we can't wait to continue cheering you on and supporting you as the journey evolves. So enjoy this conversation. And if you listen to the end of the episode, you will hear a very beautiful opportunity and offering that I'm opening up for a select few people to begin doing the work or if you've already been doing the work to fast track that journey with love and compassion and support i'm not going to say much more about it i'm just going to let you get to the end of the episode to learn more about it but in any case i hope this episode finds you well i hope this episode with my beloved truly wakes you up to the possibility of of life love and everything in between all right that's all i got we love you guys and we can't wait to hear your thoughts and without further ado here is the amazing miss gina warfel and myself. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded with my darling, Gina Warfel. Hello, my dear. (laughs) Hi. I love doing this with you. It's so fun. (laughs) It is like, it's funny, I was actually, I told you this yesterday, but I, I still pinch myself that like, We both do this and we both enjoy sharing our perspectives and we both enjoy connecting to the deepest aspects of ourselves.
1: That's so cool. It's like we actually met at a time right where we were both probably at our like, quote unquote, rock bottoms. And just that's right when we met and connected and started doing this self-discovery together. Which yeah. is so amazing. We've just been unfolding ever since we've known each other.
0: Yeah. It, like the context with which we met is really... In fact, I think we can maybe start this episode there because I think it's really easy to see the finished product of like...
1: <laughs> Are you calling us finished products? Like well, we're, no, no, we're, no. The, we're the wax <laughs> Lamborghini. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's it's easy to look at where we're at today and I'm certainly proud of where I'm at today. I have worlds of work left to do. Uh, there's it's
1: easy to eat that delicious sausage, but you're you never saw the pig.
0: You, it, right. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> thank you, Gina. <laughs> I'm trying
1: to emphasize the point of what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Thank you. You're doing a great job. <laughs> you're doing a really good job. So um, setting the tone. Really setting the tone for a great conversation. But what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, you know, there's always more work to do. There's always more aspects of ourselves to discover. And if I really connected with myself in this moment, I'm pretty proud of like where I'm at.
1: We've come a really long way the last few years.
0: and And I think maybe let's even unpack what that means, like come a long way. Because I think in society, we think about aging and growing up. Right, Like you grow up and you gain a certain level of wisdom or a certain level of awareness about yourself as you get older. And that's like the benchmark. That's how you grow wisdom. That's how you learn who you are is by getting older and living more. And what we've both realized, I think, over the last several years is that when we take the efforts to actually get to know ourselves and go deeper into ourselves and lean into the adversities of life or lean into the things that scare us. When we lean into a journey of of authentic living, your life can radically shift yeah. and you can experience a different paradigm that you didn't even know was possible when you first start on a journey of introspection.
1: Yeah. And I think it continues to show up is. I'm so grateful that we were both so willing to lean into some of the things that were the most painful things to look at, the most painful, shameful, just things that I would have rather not looked at. But to now, every once in a while, when we run into friends who we might not have seen in a couple of years, and they're like, wow, you feel so different. Like You feel so light and To me, I can feel the internal contrast of me who I am today and what that feels like in my body to have so much spaciousness and liberation from a few years ago. But then to have other people really feel it and see it and appreciate it is like it just brings me back into my heart that I'm like, I know what it's like to be faced with there's discomfort in my body or there's something that doesn't feel right or something that feels wrong and really being afraid of going in and and opening up that lid and seeing what's inside. But on the other side, there's so much liberation from it.
0: I'd love to actually paint a picture of that because I'll be completely honest. I don't know if I consciously actually knew that I had things to look at. Same. Like, I don't think I consciously knew. Like, if I go back to, you know, about 2019, I started my personal development journey, you know, 2015 really, when I wanted to become an entrepreneur. But I think I really started the journey of looking at my internal landscape back in 2019. And at that time, like, I had really normalized sort of the inner critic in my head. Like I I just thought that was like a natural part of my life. Like I was just like, oh yeah, there's just this voice in my head and this voice is always going to be there and I can take, I can do the mindset work. I can read the books. I can go down the path of listening to the affirmations, doing the visualizations to quiet this voice or I can go to the meditations to quiet I thought the voice voice
1: was beneficial. I thought it really gave me fuel and motivation in life Mm. that if I push myself and I'm like hard on myself and motivating to myself, like that's what makes me a motivated person. But everything I did in my life was motivated out of fear.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's the point. There's this fear energy that's driving this, this voice in your head, which has a myriad of 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 implications on our lives, right? Like whether it's stress on the body and your health or stress on relationships, whether it's with your family or intimacy and intimate relationships, like this noise and this anxiety is something that I certainly at the time considered to be just normal.
1: I thought it was just like managing these day-to-day problems, right? Whether it's like fears or or, or actually real issues around money or issues with my relationship or issues with my body or my health. To me, it was just, this is the way that it is. And I have to figure out how to manage these issues or overcome them. Not realizing that there was like these threads of things that were deeper, I would say in my subconscious, because I was not aware of them, whether it was beliefs or whatever it was, it was driving all of the actions that was creating my life that i didn't even realize
0: well and i'd love to maybe paint a picture of like for you just that let's just go back to 2019 because i think we can go like way earlier but i think you and i both started our introspection our the exploration of our inner landscapes Mm -hmm. really learning to discover what self-love even was right or or coming back into alignment with ourselves whatever word we want to use but like You know, where were you at? You know, what was present for you at the time in health, maybe in relationships or intimacy, maybe like you're with your family members? Like, can you paint a picture of what your present reality was at that time?
1: Yeah. It's so crazy to me. To me, that feels like another human being. It doesn't feel like everything felt like effort. Trying to get somewhere, be somewhere, and it's such a freeing feeling today to be so rested, just in my body and who I am. And but back then, I think everything felt like efforting, and. At the time, I mean, my life was jam-packed full. Go, 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 go. And I remember like telling people, I just don't have a lot of time right now. I'm really busy and life was so busy. And I was getting up at five and doing the meditations and doing the workouts and reading the, the books and checking them off my list and keeping this rigid control over my life and thinking that it was like this false sense of control, that I had control over my life. But what I didn't realize was that I was using this idea of achievement to feel, to fill my own self worth or loving myself. And I didn't realize that this anxious, driven need to do more, do more, fill up my life. I thought it was just a busy life while not realizing that this underlying programming was like goals equal loving yourself, achievement equals loving yourself. And so it actually was driving this these stress hormones that were constantly revved up but to me I never thought I was really that stressed I was like I live a great life like I'm happy I live in San Diego I have great friends I'm building a business I wasn't really exactly where I wanted to be I wasn't at the time making the money I wanted to make and but I was in general I was I thought I was pretty happy
0: and so okay you thought you were pretty happy and what was going on in your personal health and what was going on in your, like, were you in a loving relationship? Like, were you able to actually, like, if you actually looked at all the, the things, right? you think you're doing great.
1: Major warning signs that right. I did not see at all. And to, I mean, I don't know if I was like ignorance is bliss kind of thing, or if I just haven't gone through seeing the work to really have the contrast. You know, I my heart just feels so tenderly for that young woman, you know, three years ago who really didn't know. But yeah, I had not been in a relationship for almost six years. And to me, in my mind, I was like, I just haven't found the one. I haven't found the right guy. And while that might be true, I think there were so many subconscious fears and blocks around actually allowing that person in, allowing somebody to shake up the control and rigidity that I had in my life that I didn't allow that into my awareness. But I think for many years, I didn't let anybody close to me for almost six years, hard boundaries. But with my health, my health was actually to me that entry point. To me, it was the greatest gift from the universe to be like, I want to give you this message. Look at what you're avoiding. This is an opportunity. You don't have to. You can continue on with your life You can stay busy with your goals. You can keep up your protective barriers. But I want to give you this opportunity to look that something is wrong. I want to give you the opportunity to open up the door to go deeper in yourself. And so for me, that entry point, the loudest message that I got was through my health. And my body actually started moving out of alignment For a while, but I was like, No, you can do this. Get back motivated. Keep your head right. But what really spoke so loudly was I lost my menstrual cycle. It completely stopped and it was gone for about a year and a half. And so I was like, This is weird. What's going on with my body? Like, something is not right. And so me being a dietitian with all of this knowledge, right? All, all this education, going to conferences, going to all the best conferences in the world on hormone balancing, and I'm so I'm doing everything that they say. I'm doing the supplements. I'm I'm eating the way that it is good to balance out hormones, but nothing is happening. My body refuses to budge. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm like My hormones are raging. My food cravings are raging. It feels like I'm trying so hard. Like my body is slowly like gaining weight. And I was the kind of person who I grew up like, like maintained 115 pounds all the way through college. And then all of a sudden my body just like gaining weight, gaining weight, my hormones raging, my period off and my food cravings really intense. And I'm like, man, what's going on? And so being a health expert, a dietitian who's a master at health, I'm like, okay, you know all the things, right? And so I'm giving myself these strict food rules and I'm exercising so hard really intensely, probably like six days a week. And I felt like my body was against me. Like I was trying to lose weight and do one thing, but my body was fighting back Mm. and trying to do something else. Yeah. There was something opposite happening. Nothing was in flow. And I was like, man, if I can't do this, how could I ever be in a career where I tell other people to do this? And that was that was for sure my rock bottom because I felt so much shame around. I have more knowledge than most of the people that I know, or at least the people that I work with about nutrition and health. Why can't I do it? And it it actually put me in a really heavy shame loop around it. But what was so beautiful was my period disappearing was this clear sign for my body that something is wrong and I need to go do more digging. Mm. So I started doing some labs and I did a lab where they measure your hormones over the course of like a full day. You see what your hormones are doing. And one of those hormones that they measure is your stress hormone cortisol. And so for me, I didn't think I was that stressed. I just had a really busy life. I had lots to do. I was up early. I was doing all the things. But when I got my results back, I was absolutely shocked to see the data It was unbelievable. So when you get your results back, there's like the green zone, which is where everyone wants to be, right? And the green zone is like, that's normal. And then one step above the green zone for your stress hormone levels, your cortisol, is like the yellow zone. That's like warning, your stress is high. And then above the yellow zone is the red zone, which is extremely high. Your body is in fight or flight. And mine was not just in the red zone. My stress hormone levels were so high. They were at the very top of the chart at the line where the reference range actually ends because my levels were above the reference range that could even fit on the chart. And so I was like flatlined the entire day. And this
0: is a shock for you.
1: I was stunned. I would have never guessed. I would have never guessed.
0: Why do you think that is? Like, like, why would you have never guessed?
1: I think I was living in my head and not in my body. So I think living in a state of fight or flight or fear or anxiousness, holding my breath, clenching my body, all of these signs that my body was in this survival mode, I lived that way since I was a child. I actually think I lived that way since birth. I think it was a birth trauma that actually triggered anxiety in me that. I lived in this anxious pattern and all these worries and these beliefs that accumulated in my subconscious. That's how I lived. And I didn't even realize it. Now I feel a tremendous contrast in my body from the spaciousness, the way I breathe. I don't clench my jaw anymore. I live more in my body instead of in my head. But I was so, I think I was so afraid of my feelings that I was holding in my body that I retreated and disconnected from my body. And really lived in my mind. Mm-hmm. And the mind is where it drives the worries, the fears, the subconscious beliefs. And so my cortisol was just being rep. Rub- my body never felt safe. Yeah. So that showed up as looking on always being on the prowl for food or being hungry because my body was in a state of survival, like go get food for survival.
0: And I, I want to just mention, because I think it's important, like you thought that was normal. Right? And I when I look at it was like this unconscious, like, I think when we think about stress, we think about it as like, oh, I've got a lot going on in my life. I'm stressed
1: or bad or, or bad or like,
0: or like there's yeah. an adversity happening or like I just lost a friend or there's something happening in life that's creating the stress. But what you realized, which I think can resonate with most people, is that whether there's something happening or not, our mm-hmm. sympathetic nervous systems have been trained from an early age to be on on guard. And most of us haven't actually taken the time to understand how our nervous systems are wired. We don't teach this stuff in schools. And so we're just carrying this unconscious stress, these programs, these fears, these worries that are actually running in the background And the mind thinks it's trying to keep you safe.
1: Yeah, the brain is like, we are dumping adrenaline and cortisol in this body in case she needs to go run for survival. She is ready all the time around the clock.
0: And it makes sense then why your menstrual cycle would have been off. Exactly. Right?
1: Right, because like, if my body's getting the signal, your survival is being threatened. It's like, oh, we can't let this human reproduce and carry a baby because that actually might be more stress and she might die. So my wise, wise body was like, until this human gets out of a state of fight or flight, we need to shut down reproduction. We need to promote fat storage in her body in case her survival is being threatened. She has energy and fuel. We need to do everything for survival. And so while that was to me, my quote unquote rock bottom, all the ways that it was showing up At the time, I couldn't see the gift in it because I was so drowning in my own shame around why can't I do this? But then when I started to see like, whoa, there are deeper things, beliefs, the way my nervous system is being triggered, that is almost controlling my actions for survival. There's so much love and compassion and it just opened up a whole journey of self-exploration.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, like the tip of the iceberg. You know, we talk about like you've got the symptoms on top which is the tip of the iceberg. You have like the, you know, you're gaining weight or not able to lose weight. It may be anxious thoughts or, or critical self-talk. It could be um, stepping out of a relationship and it could be anything. It could be acting out of integrity or acting out of alignment with like your body might be doing things you don't even realize. But underneath that, there are behaviors. Underneath the behaviors, there are feelings and thoughts and beliefs and physiological stressors that are all driving. It's like the fuel for the car.
1: One big clue to me was when I would sit in meditation, I would always say, I don't have time for this or I'm a bad meditator. And that was a clue to me that there was things that were arising in the silence that made me very uncomfortable. So instead, I I would kind of put that label of I'm bad at meditating Mm. because there was so much discomfort coming up. And then that would lead to this like, I don't have time. I got to go. I'm bad at this. And then I would just fill up my life where I never had the pause and the silence because all those things would start creeping up and create a lot of discomfort that I wasn't okay with. You know,
0: I'm so the meditation thing I can totally resonate with. That was my truth too. Like I couldn't sit in meditation and that was a clue, but clue. I was told that, oh, maybe I just suck at meditation right? and it's not for me, but the question was instead of, and that was actually the the story that I had going on in my head. It's like, oh, this tool must not work for me. Instead of asking myself, why is this tool not working for me?
1: What is the discomfort that I'm not willing to experience in the silence?
0: Because all meditation is, is just sitting with yourself. <laughs> right. It's not like it's like a, <laughs> yeah, a tool it's... or an app or a program. It's you just being.
1: Here's another possibly triggering to people listening but sometimes even self-care, when we get too busy, I mean, my clients, my students in Mastering Mindfulness, this is a big thing that they don't like to have self-awareness around. But sometimes it's easy to say, I don't have time for myself. I have to put myself on the back burner because filling up your life with busyness and not having time for yourself is also a really easy way to avoid being in your own shit.
0: And but that's the thing, like the awareness here is that we all cope We all have our coping strategies, right? And it's easy to dismiss the uncomfortable as it's not for me or dismiss it as like, (laughs) I'm in denial. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. That stuff just doesn't work. It's hocus pocus. It's woo woo. Like, it's really easy to deflect, to bypass. And I certainly think that we were all able to do that for a while. You know, our coping strategies worked like it's certainly for me, my coping strategies worked really well. I was able to, when I got anxious, I could go to the gym. Until they didn't. Well, I could go to the gym. They were
1: great until well, they well, didn't. That's the thing. Like, like I,
0: I had my coping strategies like 2019 going into 2020, like before COVID. Let's just say before COVID, actually. Before COVID, I had, I was traveling a ton. So like I'd go almost gone every weekend to different masterminds and stuff. I had the ability to go out and get a drink. I was drinking pretty often. Anytime I'd get a bad day or have stress, I can grab a glass of wine or a beer. I could go to the gym. I could go get my social.
1: And those are all socially acceptable things. So it's easy to, I think, avoid yourself with coping strategies that are socially acceptable. You're not like, I was doing cocaine to avoid my emotions. (laughs) You were like, I'm actually going to go have a drink with friends.
0: I'm going to go manage my stress and I'm going to take care of my stress. And those were all very, 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 I wouldn't say effective, but they worked at the time. They relieved my symptoms. Like I could go to bed and know that tomorrow would be a better day, only to realize I had to do it all over again. And I was putting Band-Aids on a broken arm. And I remember th- the time for me was like, you kind of mentioned it, like, I thought I was fine. But in hindsight now, 2020 is, you know, it's 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 like, it's so clear.
1: Well, I love what you said. I was using all these things. I was coping just fine. And to look at the contrast of who you were then and who you are now, then you were getting by. you were getting by with coping. Now you are truly thriving from an inside out, from an emotional place. You're thriving. And so we can go down the path of like coping. But what could it look like to be thriving?
0: Yeah. There's a big difference. What could it be? And that's the point, right? Of Even this conversation, it's like... You don't know what you don't know. And and
1: so do you think you realized back then? So you're going out having drinks with friends, like what were some of the biggest clues that you started to have that you're like that maybe were your red flags that you didn't look at? Like I had my red flags that to me they're so obvious now. I'm like, wow. My body, everything was screaming at me for my attention, but I looked the other way. What were those for you or did you have those?
0: Yeah, I think my breaking point came through intimacy and relationship. On paper, successful, like I was doing really well. In fact, like business was crushing it. I had stayed grounded at the time. Obviously, it wasn't going as deep as we do now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I was into personal development. You're
1: probably talking about like productivity hacks. <laughs> well, like it's
0: funny, like you know, I go back and listen to the old episodes and I can feel the difference. Yeah, it's not even about what I was talking about. It's the speed I was talking. Mm. It's the energy I was bringing. It was very frenetic. And very fast, and so very, it's like
1: the podcast is kind of like your medicine of learning how to stay grounded, like learning. Stay
0: grounded has been my message and my medicine. It's yeah, been it's the most healing tool I've had in my toolbox. So cool, and it's amazing how it's turned out that way. So, all of you listening, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> but but on that on that note, like I had this very frenetic energy, so like on paper, s- successful, but. I don't think I actually felt it. I felt like I had to work really hard to feel successful, making all the money, but I still felt like I needed to hit the next milestones. Like I couldn't actually be grounded in how far I'd come. I was always looking at my peers, comparing myself to go bigger, go faster, scale more. I was constantly thinking about how other people perceived me. And I thought that that was just normal. Everybody did that and everybody cared. And so I was living in this constant state of stress when things didn't work out or like when I was, when something was off, like I had this judgment come up and I I realized now the judgment was trying to protect me because it thought that if I wasn't accepted by everyone that I wouldn't have friends or if I looked like a failure, if I showed weakness that I wouldn't be accepted by others. Mm. And so I had this really strong inner critic inner that I thought was an ally. Like you mentioned, like mm-hmm. this inner critic is like he's he's keeping us safe he's he's on our side, yeah, but that was creating this a lot of stress, mm-hmm. and you know at the time, I was in a long term relationship with my ex we were dating for about nine years, and I was not connected in that relationship, you know i and I wasn't in integrity in that relationship, you know i had been I had cheated on her. Like I had stepped out. I was so disconnected from my emotions and I didn't realize that. And combine that with the other end, I have this belief system that I learned from, I don't know where, I don't know if it's Indian culture or just seeing a lot of examples of marriages in India and how love works. It's like, you know, in India, it's like arranged marriages. You choose your person, you're with them mm-hmm. for life. And so, like, I don't know if I had this unconscious belief that, like, I was with this girl, I can't give up on her. I just have to stay with her for life, even though I was on the internal, mm. not fulfilled. And I couldn't create the intimacy I wanted because I didn't have the tools. And so I was disconnecting more and more and more. Mm. And, but I didn't know I was in a, but I didn't know there was any problems. I just thought that was fine. Like, that's how, like, long people who are in long term relationships, they just fall apart. They don't have sex anymore. Like all of that stuff ends up being like the story that's normal in society.
1: Did you have a moment where you actually saw the truth of yourself and you like, did you ever have that moment where you're like, whoa, how did I get here? So out, so disconnected or out of alignment with myself. Like I remember having that moment of awareness of like, how did I get here?
0: Yeah. For me, it was, you know, in my mind, me and my ex had a conversation about like marriage. And I remembered being like, oh, oh, fuck, I don't want to talk about this right now. Like, this is Mm -hmm. like, I just don't want to. I was trying to avoid it because I just didn't want to. Like, I don't know why I wasn't ready to commit, but I wasn't ready. And I kept saying that I had to make more money or I had to be more successful. I wanted to be further along in my life, all these stories in my head. And when we sat down, you know, she shared, she's like, you know, Raj, like, we've been together for nine years, like, what's going on? And that's what actually started a level of inquiry for myself. And I was like, all right, like, is it my commitment issues? You know, like, I didn't want to actually think about the fact that she might not be the one because of the implications in my mind. I had so many Mm. fears about what that would do to our friendships, what that would do to our social circles, the story I'd created for ourselves about being college sweethearts. Like, I had all this story in my head about disappointing my parents about everything. There was all this noise and i didn't even want to consider that so yeah. i was like all right like i'm just going to go and look at myself and that's when i got invited to my first plant medicine experience
1: so do you think that in your heart or in your body you would have had signs that things were off if you were not so afraid to live into your heart and your body at that time well i
0: think that's what the plant medicine experience did for me like i went to this experience and it just like for the first time in my in almost 10 years i felt my heart blast open and what i mean by that is like Like, it's kind of like, you know, I think I've talked about this on the podcast, actually. Like, you you don't know what you don't know. So, like, when you're – it's like a colorblind person puts on glasses for the first time and they can see color. Yeah. And if you've seen those videos, there's just, like, this awe. Like, oh, my God. Like, what have I not been seeing? That was my experience. Like, I was so disconnected from my feelings that I could compartmentalize the guilt of Mm. cheating. I could, like, put it away and not feel the guilt and just – but what I was doing was coping with – the unconscious stress of that, right. Going to bars, drinking, like traveling, like not looking at it. Mm -hmm. And that was running in the background. It was like this unconscious guilt and shame and like resentment towards myself.
1: And what's crazy is your body like was actually expressing that like not too long ago, you showed me a picture of you at that time and how much you can just feel the energy and just how different You were that your body was like also, I think, just responding to that, not being in alignment. Like you look and feel like an entirely different person. Well, that's
0: the thing. Because like once I had that plant medicine experience and I opened up, not only was I feeling more love and connection and joy, but I was also feeling all those feelings that I didn't want to feel. Like unconsciously, I was like avoiding having these conversations with my ex avoiding the hard conversations because I knew that was going to lead to a level of exploration Mm -hmm. that was going to be very uncomfortable. And then I started feeling all this stuff and I started getting in my body. And along that journey is when I started discovering this, like, just this hole, this gaping hole in myself. And I was really, 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 I was having really tough time. Like back in my body, like my body was just doing all the weirdest things. Like there's Two or three months after that plant medicine experience, like I remember this is like February of 2020, right before COVID, I got to a point where like when me and my ex would try to be intimate, like I couldn't actually get my penis hard, like like it just wouldn't. And I was freaking out. That was my rock bottom moment. My rock mm-hmm. bottom moment was like my body, I'm 27 years old, 26, 27 or 27 or 28, something like that, years old. I have a beautiful girlfriend. And my body's not responding. What's wrong with me? Mm. So then I bought all the books. I mm. bought this, everything. I was like, my dick is not broken. Mm. I, refuse to, I refuse to believe that my dick is broken. <laughs> and I went on this journey of li- taking every supplement, reading every book, doing everything. But I didn't want to actually look at – I didn't ask the question, like, like same in the menstrual cycle, so like why right. is my body responding this way until yeah. I had an opportunity to interview my now – Mentor Panash Desai on the show, and he was the first one to kind of introduce me to this idea of like mirrors instead of looking outward, Raj, for all the tools and the supplements and the books. Like, what if you went inward and then boom, COVID happened? I'm stuck in an apartment with my ex and just freaking out. And that's when, um, I worked with Grace Smith, who was my hypnotherapist, and we had a, a session where she took me into my subconscious to answer the question, why am I not proposing? And, um, when I went in there, I realized I was just holding on to so much guilt and shame about cheating. And right after that session, I came clean to my ex and just told her everything. And I, I told myself, if I was going to marry this girl, she has to know the real me. She has to know who I am, I can't hold on to this. And that was hands down the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. It it took me three years to forgive myself fully. In fact, I don't think I fully forgave myself for the pain that I caused her and the, the the shame that I was carrying until this year, actually. But that was my breaking point. My my breaking point was this, and, and we do not end the relationship on good terms, Mm-hmm. And that led to even more shame and guilt and yeah. anger. But that was my intro into then the work of like not coping anymore, but going in.
1: And I think that was what's so beautiful about both of us giving ourselves permission to actually feel and not run from it and pretend like it's not there and try to outrun the shadow and the shame and the guilt, but really being able to go in and feel feel it and feel the grossness of it, the awfulness of it, what we really true and feel and allow our internal compasses to be created from that. And, and be like, what I am so inspired by you by is your dedication to being so, because of that experience and how deep that went for you. Like I met you at a time when you were processing that and we were just friends, but like you were in it really deep and because it was so deep for you. And processing all the shame and guilt. And I was in the same place of processing all of my stuff. I think we are so dedicated today for ourselves that like we continue to look at anything that feels off and allow it to be our North Star. And it's the most loving thing we could do for our relationship. And I, I just have so much deep respect for you mm-hmm. and so much trust and just such unwavering un- just such deep, deep trust. And probably I would... For anyone, because of that experience, you are so dedicated to being in your heart now. And if anything feels slightly off in any way, it might show up in our lives. It's like, oh my gosh, my internal compass is telling me something. Can we talk this through? And it's so beautiful. There's so much trust because of that. And I think if we allowed ourselves to run from any shame or guilt that we had from our past, we wouldn't be so deeply connected to knowing ourselves so deeply when something is off and knowing what alignment really feels like.
0: And alignment feels like optimum health. Alignment.
1: I think it feels like effortless health.
0: Effort, that's great. I Sorry, it, optimum's not the right word. Effortless. It feels
1: natural. Yeah. And I'm glad that you said that because as a contrast – of course, some people are like, well, what are you saying? Like, you're trying so hard to eat healthy. You know, are you saying that eating healthy doesn't matter and it's only about your emotions? But what I realized was that my emotions were playing such a role in how much I ate, what I chose to eat. And at that time, when I was out of alignment, health felt very hard. It felt like a lot of effort, even though I had a lot of knowledge, where now today I feel very rested and in tune with my body. That it's not hard to not overeat. It doesn't feel like I'm fighting my body's own instincts. I still love good food. I love we love, eat- you know yeah. having to- we eat chocolate probably every day. We eat some sort of chocolate or dessert probably every day, but it feels it doesn't feel like I'm at war with my body's instincts. It feels like, I'm in flow with my body. And if there's a time where maybe we're traveling and we're going out to eat more and we're like, okay, you know, let's let's tighten things up a little bit. Let's get back on track. Let's move a little bit more. But my body responds and it flows with me and I still love good food and I have to be mindful of what I'm eating, but it feels natural. Oh,
0: And that's the thing I, I didn't realize, like, you know, if I can go back to that moment after I came clean to my ex and I was in ch- absolute shambles completely confused. I didn't know if I made the wrong choice. I was did not trust myself. I didn't like I just felt this massive level of like mistrust of the universe, mistrust of myself, like all these things. And now looking back, you know, I think that journey started end of June of 2020 to now, almost two years, two and a half years later, to feel the level of groundedness that I feel in my body, the level of like it's not like life is any easy. In fact, I would argue life has gotten more challenging. I think life has given me different flavors of challenge in business and and creation and just all over like in every dimension. But my ability to respond to life has shifted because I can, if I can go back to that Raj that was kind of just starting into the work, I had a lot of internal noise that wasn't in alignment with who I am at my core. That effortless being, right? Because I do believe that when we realign our minds and our subconscious programs to be in service of our conscious desires, life does get effortless. Like, I don't think it needs to be a battle to stay calm. There's a natural confidence that exudes. Like, You're flowing more, like you have more love. Like I think those are our default states. Our default states are actually more love, more compassion, more peace, more clarity, more connection. Like those are default. We have learned limiting beliefs. We have conditioning that we've inherited from society, from religion, from our upbringing, from others. We have this deep, 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 deep like need, physiological need to belong therefore fit in, therefore we're constantly looking at what others are doing mm-hmm. and basing our responses in the way we need to show up to get what we think we need to get in order to be fitting in and loved and held. Yeah. And all of that is what creates the stress. And the last few years, like the inner work, like when we talk about the inner work, it is the work to actually become aware of all of that become aware of the nuances. Why is my nervous system responding to the situation in the way that it is? Like, what are the underlying factors creating this? Is mm-hmm. it emotion? What are the emotions? Is it a belief? Yeah. What are the things that my mind is shooting off on autopilot right now? You did this beautifully the other day, naturally, actually yesterday.
1: What did I do? Well,
0: yesterday we're, we were driving and you had a thought pattern show up. And you, mm. you've you done so much work where you've now gotten to the point where you can actually just become the witness to it. Without live, judgment, yeah. Without judgment. Like, this is
1: interesting. My brain is like creating this story and this judgment. This is fascinating. Right. <laughs> and then to share it. And, and
0: you've got it right there. Fun. When like two years ago, that would have oh, – I would have
1: never told anybody. <laughs>
0: it would have been wrapped up with emotion. It would have wrapped up with like a lot of unresolved – I might not even
1: had awareness of it. I would have just believed that it was truth. Yeah, and
0: I think these are skill sets that we can learn. You know, this is what I what I consider to be like the greatest gift that I gave myself. Um, right, is learning how my nervous system is wired. Learning mm-hmm. why my responses in the present moment to adversity, yeah. to other people's shit, like if, like our relationship has taught me so much, and that like when I am in a trigger with us, like instead of pointing it at you, it's like. I now look, turn the mirror inwards and be like, okay, what inside of me is getting activated?
1: Yeah. Right?
0: And then the exploration starts there. And then from there, there like, it's brought us even closer together because when we can do that exploration and go down into our childhoods and look at what we learned, who we learned it from, what we saw, why we're responding the way we are, mm. we can connect more deeply with each other and we can make different choices from a, a level of, elevated awareness.
1: And I think once you know that, just like you said, once you know that, that it's just a dysregulated nervous system, that you have beliefs and thoughts that came from survival that you learned when you were young, when you know that, all of a sudden, you don't have to even force the shame or force the self-love. It just, the shame dissolves and the love comes in because you're like, oh, this was something I didn't even have control over. It was something that I learned when I was seven or my body was doing this for survival. And then I think the shame can kind of dissolve and the guilt can go away around why we do what we do, because it's that shame and guilt. Our really good friend, Paul, he, I'll never forget. I had him on my podcast. He's like a, an LP master and really, really looks at like how language influences our behaviors. And he said, shame is the worst. It is the glue. It is the glue that keeps you stuck in your own shit. And it is just the hardest because it keeps you stuck. And so if we can relieve the shame, then we're free to actually step outside of it and non-judgmentally explore these things. And that's how we dial in our inner compass and know when we're off. And that's how we connect deeper and create so much trust and connection and friendship and community with the people we're around who are all doing the same thing.
0: Right. And that's the thing I realized, like, I was able to do a lot of work on my own. But over the last years, I realized how important and powerful having mirrors and community was to help me yeah. relieve the shame, mm-hmm. right? Like, because you're holding on to this shame and this idea that if I share this, I will be ostracized and banned or yeah. or thrown away or discarded because oh, I'm such a monster, I right? You know? But mm-hmm. when we create a safe space to explore, I know certainly for myself, i didn't actually go into my deepest fears because I was afraid of being judged of being shamed of being labeled all this stuff and when I learned to open be in community and and share and open up I it's almost like when you give shame the space to breathe Mm
1: -hmm. it dissolves
0: it's like oh this fear is not real because these people are looking at me with kind eyes and loving hands and they're like hey man, I've had my own versions of shit. Like I've made my own mistakes or like I haven't been perfect. And when we can see ourselves in another and reflect back, like it shifts our, I mean, our nervous system, like it calms down. There was
1: so much fear around being seen and feeling so much anxiety and fear around being seen. But then once I was truly seen and held in love, it was like, oh, it feels so good to just be seen and yeah. I can breathe and I can be loved. I think that that is my f- most favorite part. When people ask me, What is your favorite part about the work that you do working with people? I, somebody just asked me this question the other day What do you love about the work that you do with people, you know, as a dietitian and nutritionist? And my favorite part is when I have a group of my students together, like in Mastering Mindfulness. And you can just feel someone is just, they're so afraid and they've been living in shame around their inability to have enough willpower or whatever it is. And then they share and people are like, oh yeah, I get that too. Oh yeah, that's a dysregulated nervous system. Oh yeah, you haven't been receiving any pleasure in your life. And they're just like, oh God, for years I've been holding on to this, just thinking that this was me and I was broken and all of these things. And they can finally just let it breathe, like you said, like let it come out and let it breathe. And then you're like, then you can start looking at it and then it becomes fun. Then they start to see themselves as ninjas and they're like, okay, what do I, what skill do I need here? What do I need to regulate my nervous system? What is that belief? Why is my brain putting me into survival mode? And then they start to have fun and it creates this whole new dynamic where it's not hard anymore. It's self exploratory.
0: Well, it's, there's still challenge. I, w- I would say it's simple, not it can be always uncomfortable. easy. Very uncomfortable. Like I was going to say,
1: uncomfortable. Yeah, but it's not as uncomfortable as when you're drowning in your shame alone, not telling anyone, feeling like this is just the way that you are, versus leaning into the discomfort and sharing and being held and supported and loved, and then actually getting strategies that can help you.
0: That's the thing. Right? Very different. It's it because like becoming aware is the first leg of the journey, right? Yeah. But from there, there's still more work to be done. And I think I, I don't want to discount that. Like what we're talking about is this this awareness work is really so powerful. But this is where you have to learn your nervous system. Like mm-hmm. when you learn your nervous system, like then you can start to look at, okay, like for this belief system that was uncovered at these ages, like what tools are going to be best for me? And then you can approach personal development, healing with clarity. And that is the path because I think that that's when we can give ourselves more information and when we can stop looking at ourselves as these, and this is something I'm going to say right now, you're not broken. You're not stuck. You just haven't found Mm. the tools or have been, been given the permission to ask yourself the questions that are hold, like so that you can uncover the answers that are actually holding you back.
1: Yeah, and I think look for those little flags or the breadcrumbs from the universe that something is out of alignment, whether it's in your body or you're feeling these emotions you're afraid of and don't want to feel or you're creating space in your relationship and you know that it's not as deep and connected as it could be or saying I'm bad at meditating or I'm bad at being in the silence or whatever little clues you're getting that maybe there's more that could be explored and more liberation that could, be, could happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. And for anyone listening to this podcast, like this is what I'm certainly stepping into. You guys have been listening to a lot of the, the last few episodes around healing and community and my story. And now you're listening to Gina's story and, and a deeper cut of mine. But like, this is the work that in my eyes matters most. It's like, this is the stuff that that I certainly want to empower. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, gosh, I really want a next step, I actually want to invite you to join a live training that I'm going to be conducting over the next five weeks. Um, it's called Precision Emotional Healing. I'll it's, be in it. Uh, Gina's going to be a part <laughs> of it. It's a live five-week experience where we're going to be putting you into small groups with other people who are just like you working on their stuff and you're going to be following a framework for logging your triggers, understanding what your triggers are trying to teach you. And then from there creating personalized healing plans to help you start resolving the root causes of what's creating your triggers. And we're going to be doing that in a community setting. This is my, my next project. It's what I've been working on for the last year perfecting for the last year behind the scenes, putting in the energy, the effort to make sure it's just right. And now I'm so proud and excited to share it with you. All of the tools that we're using in this training have been researched and studied on by my partners at the Humans Are Good Foundation. They've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars and it's been vetted by almost three to four different of the biggest names in psychology to really, truly give it the credibility it has. And I'm so excited to share it with you. So if you're interested in learning more about how to do the work in community, alongside me, alongside Gina, alongside others that are on this path, head to rajana.com forward slash P-E-H to learn more. This is a live cohort, so I believe registration is going on right now. I'd head to the website to check out when registration closes because once it closes, we cannot take any more people because we will be starting on, I believe, October 18th is when we kick off. And so head to Rajana.com forward slash P-E-H to learn more about precision emotional healing. And Gina, I, I, I really feel like this has to be said because I'm just so grateful for you. Like, mm. to me, this is the hardest work. Like, conscious relationship is... Devoted partnership is, I think, the greatest edge.
1: It's so crazy because it's... It can be the most uncomfortable and the easiest thing in the world because I remember my relationships growing up where we were constantly managing triggers and fighting all the time. Yeah. And so we go into the deeper rooted stuff that goes so far back. that, But because of that, we don't fight and bicker all the time. We actually have the easiest relationship I've ever been in, but we go in because we're willing to go in and look at some of those uncomfortable things that have been there from way long before our relationship was ever even here. And so thank you for saying that. And I believe that doing this work can be uncomfortable, but it also creates the easiest relationship. There's just so much trust and especially that you can hold such a space for allowing me to unpack my experience. And we can set that container for a relationship that all that we're doing when we have a trigger is exploring where did this come from? What is this belief? And just hold it with so much love.
0: Well, And not just does that work create the most effortless relationship with each other, but it creates the most effortless relationship with ourselves Yeah, because when we deny What our bodies are telling us when we look at a diagnosis or a symptom, whether it be a cancer diagnosis or a symptom, and we start going against our bodies Mm -hmm. and looking for an external tool instead of coming back in, getting quiet and listening. Yeah. And really, truly getting into the space of like, what is my body trying to tell me? What is the message that I want to drown with? an external tool, whether it's alcohol or a pharmaceutical drug or a quick fix. And I'm not saying any of those are bad. I'm not getting it. That's not what I'm saying. Like none of that's bad. The invitation is when difficulty arises and your body is trying to tell you something. Yeah. Can we go inward? Can yeah. we ask the questions? Can we have the courage mm-hmm. to be with what is knowing that it's not unsafe? It's uncomfortable. Yeah. And,
1: and everybody knows I'm I'm a big science nerd, but no matter how much I've done for my health with science, the most impactful thing for my health has been to create that inner self-trust from a place of curiosity. And I love you so much that I want to understand you. I want to learn more about you. I want to have compassion for when you, when you gain weight. Why am I trying to put protection around my body and my organs? What have I been through and that's been the most liberating thing for my health
0: liberating yourself from yourself
1: <laughs> yeah right <laughs> which <is kind> of <laughs> or from fun. things that are not myself right. that it's, i've identified as myself that's we could just keep going <laughs> this is this
0: is awesome it's never ending with you which is why you're my favorite guest to have on the show you're brilliant i learned so much from you and i and i can feel how deep you're, I think I've been hearing a few people say this recently and like I've been listening to some of your clients and I hear them say it every time. It's like, you're not your normal dietitian
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> because
0: you're, you're leaning into this level of introspection and, it's and, the only
1: way, and it I, is the only way to have fulfilling yeah. self-trust.
0: And I just love you. I just, I, love I just too. love learning from you. And so in the spirit of closing this out, for everybody who wants to do the work alongside us, www.rajana.com forward slash P-E-H. And I have, we usually finish this conversation with, how do you stay grounded? And I think we've done that in the past. I think you've been on the show like three times yeah. now, maybe four. You might be the only person who's been on the show like four times. So This, is, this, this is, is number four. I think it's number four, right? Yeah. Something like that. And so I figured this time maybe we can do uh, something a little different, which would be like, how do we stay grounded in relationship? And how do we create that container and and keep our love tank full and, and stay in our, in our hearts and in our bodies, especially when there's highs and lows and conflict and things and, and all the stuff of life?
1: I think that truth is has always been the most grounding thing for our relationship, where I think if I go into fears or in my head and start to hold anything, when you remind me that it's so important to keep the window clean between us so that we can always see each other and we can always continue to see the reflection of ourselves, that no matter how uncomfortable it is to look at things within ourselves or say what needs to be said or share our truths that... Sharing our truths is how we stay connected to ourselves and honor our relationship and be able to have these conversations that that keep us in alignment. And I think that that idea of keeping the window clean between us and sharing in truth is the most loving thing we could do for our relationship and keep us grounded.
0: Mm. I would add to that beautiful answer Another thing that really keeps us grounded in relationship is our commitment to loving ourselves. Because what I realize is, and I've realized this in the last six months, it hasn't been always this case, but like the more we actually commit to really, truly nourishing ourselves in the way that we crave to be nourished, giving ourselves that validation, that energy, that, that like truly actually being our greatest cheerleaders first. And then coming into the relationship, it almost like removes the pressure for either of us to need to like fill each other up. It's like we come to the relationship so full that we can, instead of trying to make each other happy, we're, we get to make each other happier. And I think that baseline level of self-love can only be done on you. Like, it's not like something that I can ever put on you. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't know the unique cocktail of emotions and thoughts and feelings and upbringings. Like, you know me better than anyone and I know myself better than you could ever. And so I think that awareness has been really big for, at least I think our relationship is like really leaning into that and taking responsibility for self-love and defining what that means. That could mean asking for stuff in the relationship or that could mean like looking at our triggers and going inward and being with the uncomfortable truth like it's like learning to to be with our egos and (sighs) all right my dear you are magic I love you and um, I hope this was helpful guys and um, I'm your host Raj this is your old friend Gina and from us (laughs) Stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life.